a member of the DATC media family. This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Humphreys McGee. Each episode will feature a rotating schedule of insightful show recaps, interviews with members of Team UM, as well as musicians who have been inspired by the band. This is your place for the latest news and happenings in the world of Humphreys McGee, keeping you informed on what's going on or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah J. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I'm your host, Sarah J. I hope that you were able to check out the last fresh episode from, gosh, two three weeks ago, where I get into the shows back in June in the Northeast, June 1st at Great Cedar Showroom in Foxwoods in Mashantucket, Kentucky, June 2nd at Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire, June 3rd at Cape Cod Melody Tent in Hyannis, Massachusetts, and June 4th at State Theater in Portland, Maine. Check that out if you haven't. Also a fresh episode of the Much Obliged podcast, A Yellow Balloon Experience, the newest show to join the DATC media family, dropped this past Monday. So also check that out anywhere you podcast. This week on the show, we're going to get into the triple wide weekend in Colorado June 15th at Dillon Amphitheater in Dillon, Colorado, and then June 16th and 17th at Red Rocks Amphitheater, the fourth night of this run, a day set at Bonnaroo, that will be featured in the fresh episode in two weeks. Also, the first five episodes of the new miniseries we've come so far where we hear more from Umfreaks about traveling, food, favorite cities, dream concert destinations, and more are now available to listen to for those folks on Patreon. People are really, really loving the conversations that are up there so far. I've gotten a lot of really great feedback um, about those, and it's really great to hear that. Anyways, but... <clears throat> this project's been a lot of fun to work on. It's really opened the door to ask questions and have conversations about the band and traveling to see them that I've never asked before or conversations I've never had or topics that, you know, I've never discussed. So it's been a really fun um project to work on for that reason to to have you know different subjects to talk about still in conjunction of the same topic but it's really been a lot of fun but also it's it's given me a lot of ideas of where I'd like to go the next time that I hit a run somewhere so that's been really great too so check that out if you're interested uh patreon.com slash DATC media company I do have like three or four conversations to edit. Um, I'm getting there. (laughs) Um, But there are some new episodes that are going to be dropping soon. Uh, So if you're interested, patreon.com. And speaking of Patreon, I just ordered some new merch items. I'm so excited. They all just came in and... uh, Ripped the, bo- the ripped the boxes open real fast because I was so excited to see them. Uh, so these merch packages are only available for Patreon subscribers. Um, I'm not making any of this merch available on the regular DATC media website. So um i did like a little sneak peek in my stories um if you are on patreon you saw a picture of what i ordered um but yeah i will be doing a post maybe tomorrow sometime this week 
actually showing what's in the packages so if someone's interested in signing up of course you will see what's in there but very excited um i haven't done merch these merch items i've i haven't done these types of merch items so i'm very excited uh for the subscribers to get these new items uh very awesome very very cool i do have some shirts left those are up on the website datcmediacompany.com I'm not sure what I want to do with shirts moving forward. There's a small inventory of different sizes and stuff up there if you want to grab one. Tank tops too. I'm not sure what I want to do with shirts for the next go around. Might branch into other fun things to put the logo on. So if you're interested in grabbing a shirt, head to datcmediacompany.com and you can grab one there uh let's see some umphreys news the band's been on a break and it's been kind of nice <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i know that the guys have been really enjoying their time off as well um but it's been nice to just really enjoy summer and uh deal with deal with this move and you know what i want to just quickly say thank you to everyone listening and all of my fans and supporters um, just for being so awesome. July was an absolutely crazy month. I'm still like looking back on it and <laughs> kind of like what the fuck happened, um, with the move and, you know, trying to settle into the house with the kids. And it's been a lot. It's been a lot. It's been more of a transition than I thought it was going to be. And, you know, sometimes getting into the mode, the creative mode is difficult when you're making so many decisions for what, you know, what kind of fridge you want or because <laughs> you're just rebuilding your whole life. Um, so it's, it's been an intense month, um, but we are really starting to get settled in now and very excited for a schedule and a routine. I've said that a couple times myself. I'm like, oh, I can't wait until we start getting into our routine, you know, of of what we do and stuff. So getting back into the swing of things, but very grateful to be in our own place. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun hanging up my posters. Lots of stuff that I've missed. So it's great. Anyway, back on to some Umphreys news. Announced last week, the Asking for a Friend app from Mix Stem. According to the post, it is an interactive and unique way for friends to engage with the new album, isolate instruments, adjust levels, alter speed, loop, etc. It does a whole bunch of really fun stuff. Only available for iOS currently. Android is coming. So many people have asked me. So many people have commented on posts. It's coming. I've looked into making an app myself. It's a lot of work, so I get it. Um, but Android is coming. The app is $14.99 the last time that I checked. But it seems like it's a lot of fun, even fun to just mess with. Um, I haven't had a chance to mess around with it yet. It seems like a lot of fun anyway. Um, but especially if you're a musician, of course, it's going to be a lot of fun to play with and kind of mess with and and do different things that you can do with it. I still want to ask my one buddy kind of what he has plans for with it. Um, as soon as I saw it, I thought of him. So I'm really interested to see what his thoughts are about it. Um, there is a link in the show notes for information about it. Also, if you go to the app store and you just type in Umphreys McGee, it'll pop up. Um, because that's what I did. Um, so yeah, you can check that out. Also, a bunch of archival stuff has dropped on Nugs, which I've said so many times. It's one of those things I just keep reiterating. If you are not a subscriber, you will not be disappointed signing up. It's one of my most used apps, even besides the fact that I listen to every show, you know, for my podcast and obviously for other research purposes, but 
even besides that, it's my most used app. There is so much content on there and live streams and uh, so many bands and so many live shows. And I mean, it's ridiculous. So if you're not already a Nug subscriber, I highly suggest that you at least check out the free trial. You will not be disappointed. I promise uh, there is a link in the show notes where you can sign up if you're interested. Uh, but recently added video from July 4th, 2009 from Rothbury Festival. And I was hearing so many people were reaching out to me and telling me all these stories from either they were at that show or they had some sort of memory around that show or whatever. And so I watched it not the day it came out. It was the next day I watched it. And yeah. <laughs> Do yourself a favor and watch that. Like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and it took me back, too, because those are my early Umphreys days. Like, I started seeing them, and 07 was my first show. But 08 is when, you know, I went, like, a whole year. I saw them in 07, went a whole year until 08, and then saw them at summer camp in 08. And from that point on, that was, that was the end of it. Um, so this is you know, my prime early Umphreys days. And so watching it just took me back, which is so great anyways. And Jake is playing Mother Earth, which if you know me, you know, it's my favorite Jake guitar. So that was like, oh, so nice to hear and, and see her in action again. And so, yeah, give it a, a watch as soon as possible. Also added July 18th, 2003 from the Mishawaka Amphitheater in Bellevue, Colorado, which is where they will be returning in September. I checked it the other day and all three nights of that um, sold out now. I've had a lot of people ask me if I know of any extras. Currently, I do not. Sorry, unfortunately. Also, make sure if you're not already, check out my weekly live show on YouTube, wrapped around keeping you updated on the weekly happenings with Umphreys McGee, DATC Media, and more. I go live pretty much every week. I think there was one week where I did not go live recently. Um, Unless there is no news, this there's a couple Saturdays in August where I might not go live. Um, kids and I are going on a vacation, and there's tour, and you know August is a very busy month, so we'll see. But if you head over to DATC Media Company on YouTube and hit the subscribe button, you will get notifications anytime that I do go live on Saturdays. Um, but that keeps you more updated with kind of what has happened in the last week or so with the band, um, any episodes that, uh, DATC Media has released. So Saturdays, 1 p.m. on YouTube, wrapped around, check it out. All right, so let's get into this week's episode, and I will say too, it's really nice because I'm back in my sound booth. I, many of you know, I was living with my mom for a year, and so I was kind of put in the garage to, to do my recording, and it sucked. I missed my sound booth. I had a really cool sound booth that I had put together um, in my marital home, and it's nice to have it back. I do have to put a acoustic blanket on the ceiling of it and do the decorating part so that it's all ready when I when I go live or do any sort of Zoom calls or anything and fix my lighting. But it's really great to be back in this space and, and at my desk. And yeah, just just getting back into, into the swing of things. It's really nice. So let's talk about some Umphreys McGee. Want to give a quick shout out to DATC photographer Matthew Wright, who covered these three nights in Colorado for the company and took some very amazing photos. So grateful and excited to have him added to the team this year. I met him last summer in Chicago at the Vic show. Um, he came up to me and, and we were talking about pictures and now this year he has done a lot of photos for the company. He did the whole Florida run back in April, this Colorado run now. Um, I know he did, 
there's something else I feel like, and it's it's escaping my mind right this minute. Um, but if you head to the website, the photos are on there. Um, obviously, in Crooked Conversations, his photos from Florida were in the most recent issue that dropped. And then in this summer issue that I'm currently working on, um, his Red Rocks photos will be there and his Dylan photos also. So um, details for pre-order on that are coming soon, of course. But welcome to the team, Matthew. I'm so, so excited to have you with us. Um, it's so cool to, to see everything grow. And also speaking of those Patreon packages that I talked about earlier in the episode, one of his photos from this weekend in Colorado, an eight by 10 will be included in those new packages. So keep your eyes peeled for that. All right, first up, June 15th, Dillon Amphitheater in Dillon, Colorado. The second time they've played at this venue. Such an absolutely gorgeous place on earth. I went there last year and I cried a couple times <laughs> during this show. It's just so beautiful. It's just, it's gorgeous. And just to be standing there and, and watching them play music in this beautiful place is just incredible. Um, definitely put it on your umph bucket list, your umph goals, as my friend Megan says, um, if you haven't been there yet, because it's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, and if you haven't listened to last year's Plunger, I also suggest that you give that a listen. Like, pause this episode right now and go listen to that plunger because it was amazing. That's one of the times I cried. Um, yeah, definitely make it a point to get to Dylan because it's just gorgeous anyways in that amphitheater. And when I went last year, the sailboats were kind of going by in the background and they're just raging music. And I'm like, I can't even believe how lucky we are right now that we get to see them in this place. Like, are you kidding me right now? Like, okay. I will actually also link my Dylan episode from last year in the show notes so you can check that out as well if you would like. All three of these nights are available to watch on Nugs for free. Again, another perk if you are a subscriber. Um, shout out to Keith Greiner and Fierce Productions for their work. He did an incredible job. The stream did drop out one of the nights of Red Rocks during a scapegoat. It was out for a little bit. Um, very unlike Keith at all. So I'm sure the computer restarted or something happened. Um, but Keith is just incredible with his work with the live streams. Um, but yeah, that is still available to watch on Nugs. So give them a watch. I've been watching them even when not working on this episode. I've been rewatching them. They're just so great. And I love having the option of watching the live streams in the app because I just like airplay it to my TV and it's, it's really great. Also in the show notes, a link for my 2023 highlights list. Also on Nugs, if you're unfamiliar with that, you can make playlists and share them and, and do everything. And so I do a 2023 highlights list. Obviously ever evolving. I talk about that in all of my episodes and reference it several times throughout this episode. So if you're interested in checking that out, and I will also link my Hall of Fame contenders list for 2023 and 2022. I know people are patiently waiting for the 2022 voting. So I will throw links for those in there as well. It, it gives me a really great idea of where I want to go for voting because sometimes it's overwhelming, especially when you have so many on your highlights list like I do. It's very overwhelming to try to whittle that down to 10. So there are just times when you hear songs either listening to the recording or in person and you just know. You're like, Hall of Fame. <laughs> you just know. So some of them move right over there. But anyway, I will, uh, I'll link those in, in the show notes as well. 
All right, so let's get into some music. Set one and Dylan would start with a standard Suxity that would stomp right into Cut the Cable. This would go on a nice adventure, backing out of the driveway and heading out at about one minute, pulling it back into Cut the Cable proper about four minutes later, Fenced in next, followed by Ordinary Times. The front half of this first set, prior to the next tune, the Crooked One, and I was watching from home. I didn't go to Red Rocks this year, but I felt that it had a really interesting flow the way that it started. And I even remember like texting my friend about it who was at the show. And, and I'm like, this beginning half of this first set has a very interesting flow to the start of it. But I really felt like though that the band started to settle in with the Crooked One and then the second half of the first set. You know, maybe they were just trying to adjust to the altitude or whatever. Um, but there was just a really interesting flow to the front half of that first set. Not bad by any means, of course, you know, but just sometimes the flow of it is just very interesting. Different, so it's interesting. Back to that crooked one. This is actually the first song from the weekend to find a spot on my highlights list, which I just mentioned You'll find a link for in the show notes. Keeping an upbeat level head as it ventures off on its own after six minutes, loosening its grip a bit and bringing it down to cool its heels slightly before nine and a half, slipping into something a little sexier and finding a nice rhythm as it continues, getting a little metallic as it starts to set its sights on the exit, shaking that off and beginning to ooze in sexiness confidently strutting off a little bit before allowing it all to dissipate and float off into the far reaches of space. Coming back into earthly orbit as exit signs. I always have to say that really slow to make sure I pronounce each word. <laughs> we have now seen this Ross Du class of 2022 tune six times since its debut at Humble back in November. I just love that song so much. All of the Ross Du songs. And go back to the Ross Du episode if you want to hear me go on and on about it. <laughs> because I just love them. A cover of Big Heart by Lounge Lizards next. Last time played November 8th, 2019 at Woodlands Nature Preserve in Charleston, South Carolina. Covered 33 times now. This tune can originally be found on Lounge Lizards 1986 Big Heart Live in Tokyo album. I did also throw this on my highlights list. It you know, it is a cover, but it's just a great one for them to do. They did, did it very well, and so that's why I threw it on the highlights list. And honestly, I would love to hear Mo cover this now that they have Nate on keys. It would, I think it would be a perfect song for them to do anyways. But especially now that they have Nate on keys, I would love to hear Mo do that one for sure. And I'm sure I will also say this a lot in this episode. Lots of creamy Bayless solos over the three nights in Colorado. So many creamy Bayless solos. So many. So I don't know if you at home listening want to get a piece of paper and a pen and tally how many times I say it in this episode. But yeah. I think somebody was like referring Bayless's hot hands. I think that was like a thing for a little bit. Um, so yeah, definitely. It's going to be, I'm going to say it a couple times. A couple times over the weekend watching the stream and listening back and just, all right, get it, Bayless. Damn. <laughs> anyway, love the defiance in its sudden and dramatic move into the first set ending Malchaise after that cover of Big Heart. And that Malchaise you'll also find on my highlights list. And I know I've said it on the show here many times over the 200 plus episodes that I've done now. 
there is just something about the energy that comes from being up there on the rail during Malshay's. There's this different heat that resonates. It's just it's one of those things where it's like, if you know, you know. I just love it. Every time I hear Malshay's, I always think about it. Even if sometimes it's, you know, longer than other times. But even if it's for a split second, I always think about that. It's very interesting. Falling down the rat. Falling down the rabbit hole slightly before four minutes and finding itself in a completely different world. We travel along on a very interesting adventure throughout this jam. As I went along with this jam, I envisioned some kind of bizarro Disneyland. Like on a, it's a small world ride. And we're kind of floating along this river and coming to these different islands with the different music playing, different vibes. You know, I'll tell you, I really wish that I could draw better because the stuff that I visualize when listening to music anyways, always been like that. But especially when I'm all in on an Umphrey's jam, it it would be... It would be cool to be able to see that come to life because the stuff that I visualize is, is very interesting. Anyway, slightly before nine minutes, it would start to slowly put the brakes on and begin to work up energy, momentum, and courage to charge full steam ahead into the ending of Malchais. Nice choice to close out that first set in Dylan. A fire second set which most of this you will find on my highlights list, starting off with Bad Friday. And as I have said many times, love or hate Bad Friday. It is a hell of a jam vehicle, and this one holds up to that. Starting to sink its heels in slightly after four minutes, a very, very Joel-heavy jam engulfing us and transporting us to a completely different, I don't know what, (laughs) different time, a different place, a different something, but I just love everything about the vibe that's coming from this. Big, big highlight from the evening, dropping nicely back into Bad Friday slightly before 10 minutes, Very, very nice and a very nice way to start the second set, for sure. Conduit next. This would get into it after three minutes. Enjoying a nice fly around, getting some nice height as it continues, really opening its wings wide, shaking off any fucks it would have left before dropping to a calmer, more even level slightly before seven minutes. We'll dabble in that for a bit before it gleefully gathers all sorts of energy, then just bursts open and resonates all out. That whole deal there before it drops back into Conduit about 11 minutes. Yeah, that's a nice example of why I unfreeze. Every once in a while, there will be, you know, a nice segment. And I'll be like, that, that is why I do this. (laughs) This would be followed by a very, very delicious and ridiculous sandwich. Nothing too fancy into women wine and song back into nothing too fancy. There should be zero surprise on your part to hear that this is on my highlights list. Highly recommend giving this entire thing a spin when you get a chance. After completely unleashing its nothing too fanciness all over, it would all fall to earth about ten and a half, sensually piecing itself together as it began to dance, maturing nicely as it continues, venturing further and further into the jungle as it's apparent that nothing too fancy is further and further in the rear view. There is almost something familiar to this jam about 16 minutes as it builds, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Opening way up and resonating matter-of-factly, aggressive energy way out as it makes its way out the exit, absorbing the jam and holding everyone in anticipation 
as to where we're going to pivot next, the answer, the aforementioned women, wine, and song. This would get filthy after three minutes, embracing the perfect energy to slam into the conclusion of nothing too fancy as it continues. Yeah, that's quite a ride. Yeah, like I said, definitely give that a listen. This second set in Dylan would round out with Speak Up and the Fussy Dutchman. Fussy would also find a spot on my highlights list. Like I said, before we got into the show, all sorts of creamy Bayless solos over the three nights in Colorado. And that holds true during the depths of this Fussy Dutchman jam. Encore for this evening in Dylan. One tune, pay the snucka. Nice choice to rip it open one final time that evening. Hey, Carl, guess what? What, man? Not only is there a Patreon for Dropped Among This Crowd Media, which already is a great way to support, but for those who are getting cold feet and not sure, there's now a 14-day trial. You can see some of the benefits that you get at the Oh, Patreon. shut the front door. Some conversations that you don't get on the show. Will and I are about to record a football one. Actually, Carl and I are uh, recording longer and longer interviews. I don't know if they're all going to make the podcast. Mm. But you will always be able to find the full version of the interview. It's a good problem to have. On Patreon, yes. We've, talk- we've been talking to some talkers. Yeah, that's for sure. But, you know, there's going to be more more content more and more benefit and gosh dang it just helps sarah create more podcasts there's so many things on the back burner and sherman will be with us every day right sherman sherman's nibbling on my knee right now i miss my birdie (laughs) and as always thank you sarah hey this is rob turner i hope you're enjoying this podcast on the dropped among this crowd media network but my friend Jimmy Knowledge and I also have a podcast on this network that we'd like you to listen to, don't we, Jimmy? It's called the Umphreys Wow Show. What we're doing, at least in this season, it uh, we're perfectly willing to let the podcast evolve over the course of time. But season one, we're going through various old school Umphreys McGee songs and exploring them with comments from the band and from the listeners. Generally, we have a side A that's more of a general overview, and then we have a side B where Jimmy Knowledge shines even more than usual, right, Jimmy? Tell them about side B. Side B is for the curious, the folks that have their scuba gear on and are diving deeper into the improv world and and uh, a lot of the the gooey goodness that happens in in each of these songs. They they all have a unique personality, and we explore that. The best versions of the song. The, the uh, traces of where the song came from and the songs that came from improvisation out of these songs. And then we have a metal round with a guest from the Umphreys world. And they each, Jimmy, myself, and the guest pick their top three versions of said song. And then you, the listener, vote on them. And there is some waxing poetic. Not too much. Well, maybe sometimes too much. But we appreciate if you give us a chance and listen. It's the Umphreys Wow Show on Dropped Among This Crowd Media. Thank you, Sarah. Moving along to June 16th at Red Rocks with Mo getting the evening started. Jake would sit in on Happy Hour Hero. And if you want to watch the Mo sets from both nights, those are also still available on Nugs. The video is also still available. You just have to go under their name instead of Umphreys, which I'm so glad I found that out because I was sad that the stream started from the Umphreys set. And I was like, wait a minute, Mo is on Nugs too. And so... I went on there to check and the video is on there too. So check that out. I will throw a link in the show notes for those two nights of Mo on the rocks as well. Recommend watching both of those sets. I mean, I love Mo anyways. I know I've said it several, several times here on the show. Um, But you also get to watch Jake sit in and the sit in 
on night two, but Happy Hour Hero with Jake on it, nice choice. For sure. As soon as they started playing it, like he walked out and they started playing it, and I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it was good. So definitely check that out. This weekend would make the 31st, 32nd, and 33rd time the band has played at Red Rocks. And that's with us counting the VIP set on All Things Umphreys. Set one, opening with nipple tricks, disrobing and revealing 1348. This would feature a tease of March of the Winkies from The Wizard of Oz by Harold Arlen and would go unfinished and remain that way until the next evening. Venturing away from 1348 proper slightly before three minutes. Really love this sinister route. It goes slightly after six minutes it starts to take form joel coming in here joel coming in there and yeah i've said it several times throughout the year and maybe i haven't said it recently but i think especially after this colorado run and the other shows that came after in june and early july joel's getting my vote for mvp this year there's been several instances, if you go back to episodes throughout this year, where I've I've brought up points of it. I've made some notes on my phone as well. And the way he takes the reins of this 1348 jam, I really, really like that. And, you know, it got me thinking, working on these, these Colorado shows, it, it's interesting because I've never really kind of thought about this before. But I started to think about the combination of players in the band when they play just the two of them, you know? And Jake and Joel is definitely one of my favorites. I mean, obviously, I love when Jake and Brendan are going back and forth and going at it and talking with their guitars, and that whole deal is like a love language to me. Um, but, you know, like Jake and, and Joel is definitely one of my favorites. And that's an interesting question that I've never asked anyone like, what is your favorite duo in in the band when when they're playing as a full band? What what two like combination is is your favorite? Be interesting to to dive in a little more on that one. Anyway, <laughs> back to this thirteen forty eight, really beginning to dance and explore itself as it continues. As I mentioned, we would see the conclusion of that tomorrow. Day Nurse next. This is the first tune from the evening on my highlights list. A very sexy preview of where we're heading next from Bayless about 9 minutes, 50 seconds, 10 minutes. On the way back into Day Nurse. The next tune, if you didn't get it from listening to the clue, would reveal itself as pure saturation. The jam nestled inside that. Just gorgeous. As it contorted, shaking off that gooey stuff and starting to figure out its journey into the next tune, there were a few different ways I thought that we were going to go, but I certainly didn't think that we were going to see the return of Triangle Tear next. Like, I didn't think that was going to happen. Last time played January 29th, 2020, the Clyde Theater in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and just to even think of that date just seems so long ago. January 29th, 2020. I don't even know who that version of me is anymore. On a side tangent, I'm sorry, but that's just crazy even to just say that date. <laughs> we also saw Triangle Tear in Buffalo like 13 days after this Red Rocks run for a total of 21 times played total. I cannot wait to get into that Buffalo show with you guys. I can't wait. So excited. Anyway, <laughs> I am so here for the return of Triangle Tear. Now, let's get comfortable enough with it to start letting it go for a walk by itself, maybe. Hmm? Stretch. Get comfortable. You know? Here for it. Nothing crazy. Just another minute or two to start. Not asking for a lot. <laughs> Dip our toes in. 
And, you know, it was kind of crazy watching this from home because as soon as they went into it, first of all, I was like, oh, my God, they're playing Triangle Tear right now. Like, okay. But I was instantly transported to spring of 2018 when that came out. And it was nuts. Just all of these feelings from that time in my life, too. It's really incredible that music can do that to you. And I think also maybe because it's just where I'm at in my life, too, just kind of reflecting on a lot of different things over the past three to five years. Um, but that, you know, and then that's kind of in that time frame. So it's, you know, interesting, of course. But the minute they started playing Triangle Tear, I was like, holy shit. And I think maybe because it's the opening song on the album so I think that might be it too because it's the first thing you hear so but I'm here for it and I'm here for embracing that spring 2018 energy too for sure but I'm here for the return of triangle tear let's keep that going guys in the kitchen next this you'll also find on my highlights list detaching from kitchen proper after four minutes and really becoming its own as it continues to dance, revealing more layers of itself about five-ish minutes. A little tinge of something familiar there for me. Not sure what it was, but loving everything about the second half of this jam. They give it a minute to breathe about two minutes later, intentionally planning the next move. Dabbling in a little wannabe certain something, felt like, vibe for a few seconds opening up more and more as it continues, enjoying a nice fly around, planting its feet back on earth about 12 minutes. This would go unfinished and have yet to see the conclusion of, I checked this out list like eight times because I've been missing things and I'm reading it lately because I've been so tired, but I was like reading this out list like eight times to make sure that it didn't come back anywhere. It did not. So we will see what happens there. Instead, embarking on Second Self Next, a cover of Can't You Hear Me Knocking Next, featuring Rob, who would replace Ryan, along with Vinny on cowbell, Jim on percussion, Al on guitar, and Nate on keys, and the giant cowbell from Summer Camp returns. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check out my Summer Camp episode. Can't You Hear Me Knocking, originally by the Rolling Stones, can be found on their 1971 Sticky Fingers album. Umphreys has covered that tune 34 times now. Last played on November 11th, 2021 at the Truman in Kansas City, Missouri. That cover would close out the first set at Red Rocks. And honestly, this whole second set was so hot. I mean, a five-song set, which you know how I feel about that. And I've also said in the past, very often, the second set of the second night of a run is the, and I'm using air quotes, best. I mean, I need to do some more research on that, of course, but I found that to be the case a lot of times. So one day I will do some research on that and see um, how much kind of truth there is to that. But for me, that just kind of seems to be the case. Anyway, back to this second set of the first night at Red Rocks, opening with small strides, lacing up our dancing shoes and getting us warmed up for what is in store for us with the rest of this set. Bridgeless would follow and I have been waiting to talk about this one. Instantly went over to my highlights list. Instantly went over to my 2023 Hall of Fame contenders list. Big fat fatty highlight from the evening and weekend. And the band also recently released the video from this and put it on their YouTube page which I will also throw a link for in the show notes. So if you're not a Nug subscriber and you did not catch the live streams, give that a watch for real. This is another part of the episode where I'm going to tell you to pause this and go watch that. Um, but yeah, I am so here for a big fatty bridgeless. 
this would detach from Bridgeless and begin to wander off on its own after six minutes. We would explore every last inch of the far reaches of space during our time among the stars. Beginning its descent back into Earth's atmosphere over five minutes later, keeping up its rhythmic momentum as it continues, rounding the corner, taking a moment to catch its breath before sweetly picking itself up, taking a moment to figure itself out before remembering who it is, gathering all sorts of courage and slamming into the conclusion of bridgeless. Yeah, like I said, take that for a spin. And if the band chose that as the song to release the video for, to put on YouTube, you know they feel the same way. So give it a spin, for sure. A scapegoat next, followed by Ocean Billy, and shout out to Pete Herzog, who mentioned during the Q&A after Frame by Frame about wanting Billy on the rocks. I'm pretty sure that's where he had mentioned it. And then they played it, and he was there. And so, of course, that's awesome. And then him and I actually chatted after Red Rocks, and he mentioned how hype he was about it, too. So, yeah, I mean, Billy on the Rocks. Coming back to that escape goat, it would dig its heels in very nicely about seven minutes, beginning to spread its roots all across the planet, getting real sexy briefly, gathering momentum, unleashing all sorts of energy, taking the corner a little sharp on its way toward the exit, bringing it to a nice slow roll, revealing that ocean billy next. I did hear that uh, going to be starting something tease again in here before like 10 minutes, coming back into ocean billy. Chris and Jake making a pit stop and unleashing any last bit of aggressive energy before making its dramatic crawl back into Ocean Billy. That again, with the duo question, you know, Jake and Chris also a favorite. Um, so yeah, I, I think I kind of want to explore that uh, some more for real. And you know what? I swear I will never not think of the first time. I heard Ocean Billy. Like every time I hear Ocean Billy, and it's got to be hundreds of times at this point. Like just seeing it. I mean, I've seen 120 shows. And so, you know, seeing it live and listening back and all the shows I've reviewed. And I mean, I've listened to Ocean Billy hundreds of times at this point. But every time, but every time, that I listen to this song every single time, at least once. I think about the first time I listened to this song back in 07 and 08. And I love that to get that feeling still, because not only do I think about it, I get that feeling, that first time feeling. And it's really cool that after 16 years, um, you still get that when you hear something. So I'm all about the feels lately, guys. I don't know if you've, uh, if you've noticed it, but I'm, I'm all about the feels. This second set of night one would round out with Wife Soup. An encore for the evening, a standalone all in time, abandoning its roots and heading out on its own after three minutes, Chris leading the way as we head out. We would embody several different attitudes throughout this jam, slamming back into all in time about seven minutes later. And I'll tell you, anytime I see something like this on a set list kept whole like this or like Mantis, I'm instantly intrigued, especially in the encore position like this. But yeah, when I see it together like this, they don't break it up. You're just like, hmm, I can't wait to give that entire delicious thing a try. And yes, that is a little tickle of Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. You hear there on its way back into All in Time after 12 minutes. Thanks to Joel. I tell you, Carl, there's a lot of people out there 
who have either band or or they have a business or they're an artist and then mm-hmm. you know they're looking to reach this music loving traveling music fan mm-hmm. kind of world which can be elusive yes they're dreamers yes like-minded people what better way than through dropped among this crowd if you want to if you want to cre- if you have a podcast you want to create mm-hmm. Sarah can provide a platform she can pli- she can provide um, promotion on social media she can provide an engineer um, or if you want to advertise or if you have any big idea particularly with the artists mm-hmm. you want to email Sarah at datcmediacompany.com she can provide again a platform for your podcast social media promotion uh, she can even provide an engineer because folks you know you want to reach fellow Humphreys fans or jam fans or music industry people or musicians or just people who love music and travel for it or as in the case of Stu on this mm-hmm. foodies mm-hmm. music loving foodies that's right. And if y'all need any help with recipes, you need to get a hold of me. Yeah, you need to get Carl directly. But if you want stuff with promotion and social media savvy and a podcast platform, you want to email Sarah at datcmediacompany.com. Sarah at datcmediacompany.com. Correct. You want to know how to peel and cut an onion? You talk to me. That's Carl. You want to put out a podcast? You want to put out some material, some artistic expressions that that you want to get paid for, you contact Sarah J. And if you have old cassettes that you don't know what to do with, you send them to me, Rob Turner. <laughs> Hey, this is Benji from the Much Obliged podcast, The Yellow Balloon Experience, where we talk to and explore the world of the live music fan base who have chosen to live drug and alcohol free. Each week, we'll have a guest that we interview and then play their open talk from our weekly meetings where they have shared their experience, strength, and hope with the community. New episodes drop every Monday at datcmedia.com. You can find us on Facebook in the Much Obliged Facebook group or on Instagram at at jawjunkie, J-A-H. J-U-N-K-I-E. And if you're at a live show and you see the yellow balloons or a one show at a time sticker, come by and say hi. All right, so finally this week, June 17th, before the show that evening, there was a UMVIP set. Sadly, that is not available to listen to on Nugs, but the set list is on all things, and here is what was played. Morning Song, number five, Roulette, Much Obliged, Into No Comment, and then Staircase. You know, looking at that, like, are you kidding me right now? Really? (laughs) Like, uh, yes, please. Which... The band would also play Staircase later that evening, which Bayless apparently told the audience would most likely be the case. Again, this set is not available for streaming, so I can't really speak on that version during the UMVIP set, but the version that they played later in the evening was pretty nice, which we'll get to. So Mo would, again, get the night started and like I said earlier in the show you can watch or listen to their set on nugs Jake would come out for the Motune opium that was ridiculous that was ridiculous (laughs) and then Brendan and Joel would come out for a cover of down under by men at work into the end of rebubula opium can be found on Moe's 2001 dither album fantastic tune I love the way Rob sings that and back in 2009-2010 I think it was Government Mule played a free show here in western New York and covered opium and it was ridiculous it was so good it's definitely on my list of favorite Mo songs and then to have Jake sit in on that Again, they hit those first notes, and I texted my friend who was there and was just like, oh, shit, opium with Jake. And, like, he doesn't know Mo the way I do, and he was like, okay, I'll take your word for it. And I was like, dude. (laughs) So definitely listen to these Mo sets, too. I mean, again, Mo is just awesome. I love them, but these sit-ins are fantastic. 
Down Under can be found on Men at Work's 1981 Business as Usual album. Fun fact, Umphreys has covered this tune 77 times, but not since December 14th, 2018. And also, Bayless's voice is so freaking perfect for this tune. And again, back to my very early Umphreys days, I would listen to a cover of this from early on. I can't even tell you the date. I would have to go back through and kind of figure out which one it was. I can remember listening to this cover on my MP3 player, MP3 player, and just falling so in love with this band and Bayless's voice. And to hear them do that, you know, on the stream at Red Rocks was so nostalgic. I've just been so nostalgic lately and just everything with this band and going back to, to these early years with them and just kind of thinking about where life is now. And it's, yeah, it's been a really interesting introspective July for me. So there might be some stuff coming for you guys. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, to the Umphreys set. Set one, opening with a standalone junk. Solid way to get the evening started. Lacing up its dancing shoes and confidently strutting off after three minutes. This would climb and get very, very nice height nonchalantly right back into junk just under five minutes later. Appropriately, that would feature a Top Gun theme tease. Every time they play this song and I talk about the show, I always say, damn, I love that song. <laughs> I could do a whole episode about junk. I say that every time too. Cemetery Walk next, followed by Slacker. That found a spot on my highlights list, again confirming what I have said in the past on the show here, and very recently I know I've brought it up as well, that when I see Slacker on a set list, I just know that they're going to do it proper, and this Slacker was done very, very, very nicely. Big highlight from the evening for sure. Shaking off Slacker proper after two minutes, this would embark on the most joyful and glee-inducing jam, creating endorphins that would reach the stratosphere, nicely setting it down on earth slightly before eight minutes, getting swept up in some serious dramaticness and gathering all sorts of energy, dropping right back into Slacker proper about 12 minutes. Like I said... Slacker always delivers. White Man's Moccasins next, followed by the silent type. Just like earlier in the show, with what I said about Bad Friday, and I'll say it a million, million more times, silent type, Bad Friday, hell of a jam vehicle. Silent type is my son Brendan's favorite song. And it's, you know, it's not mine, but I'm not mad when they play it because I know nine out of 10 times, it's going to be a really nice adventure. And if we are watching a stream or something and they play it, he's super hype about it. And when he looks at his Ellis and he sees it, he's super hype about it. So I'm excited for that aspect of it. But when they start playing it, I'm not mad because I know we're going to go someplace really awesome with it. So, you know, love it or hate it. It's a hell of a, hell of a jam vehicle for sure. Getting into it after three minutes, again, shouting out Joel as we make our way out. Like I brought up earlier in the episode, strap in as we embark on a journey that will find us enjoying some time among the stars. Like I said, love it or hate it, but give that a spin and tell me that jam isn't fun. Kind of like a try not to laugh challenge that my kids are all about lately. But for real though, no. Like anybody that shits on a song, I'm always like, all right, well then stand here while they jam this out and try not to smile, try not to dance, try not to have a good time. And then we'll see how you feel. Because you might not love the song, but it's always goes someplace nice, especially with Humphrey. So anyway. Quickly and methodically building the pieces of the silent type back together about 10 and a half, rounding out this first set of night two with 40s theme, 
love everything about the stasic lead metallic robotic futuristic intro-y thing that we got before it just snap of a finger revealed the aforementioned 40s the jam in that would ooze in sexiness almost dabbling in the kind of like the soundtrack for a seedy scene in an 80s cop drama that's what I see in my mind when I hear this stuff <laughs> coming back to life after eight minutes and dancing off nicely flowing into some creamy Bayless solos mark that down <laughs> And finally, set to starting with Miss Tinkles, beginning its adventure unchaperoned about four and a half, really enjoying its ability to spread its wings and enjoy the scenery, really embracing an uplifting vibe as it continued coming nicely into the conclusion of Miss Tinkles. I threw that on my highlights list because it was just a bunch of fun. The aforementioned second playing of Staircase next. They really allowed this one to enjoy some time wandering, heading out slightly before five minutes, getting really sexy as it reveals more layers of itself. You will find this nestled on my highlights list. With now 10 plays so far, it's been nice to watch that one find its legs already. Wappy Sprayberry next, followed by the conclusion of 1348 from the day before. There was something very familiar to the build of the jam in that Wappy as it made its way out about five minutes, particularly. I got some Radiohead vibes, but there for a moment where it felt very much like the police, which I think is thanks to Chris's drumming, but then it was like, nope. That's Humphreys. So, I don't know. It's very interesting. A uh, little jam there for sure. Revealing a more abrasive side after eight minutes, unleashing even more about a minute or so later, attempting to not fall down the rabbit hole in the meantime, dabbling in some Mo vibes as it tries to keep its grip, unleashing more destructive energy, like I just mentioned, suddenly breaking through through the clouds and embodying a more light-hearted disposition as it crawls its way back into Wappy proper. Wrapping up that 1348 from the previous night and then it was off to Plunger, getting really, really maniacal. In my mind, I envisioned kind of like the building of this massive monster who just kind of slugs around and destroys all the little villages in its path. I'm telling you guys, I wish I could draw better. Do like a whole animated series with the shit I see in my mind when I listen to Umphrey's Jams. <laughs> Swooping us off and transporting us to the other side of the world. Chuck coming along for the journey, revealing glory next. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. I mean, especially when you consider everything that Chuck has dealt with health-wise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, any chance I've had to watch him play on any live stream, there's been since he came back. It's just incredible to think about. And, I mean, Glory is emotional anyways, so all the feels. Just to see the way that he has recovered in day-to-day life. I mean, you know, what I've seen, but, you know, just to function day-to-day, but then to be able to not only play guitar, but still be able to play the guitar from what I've seen at the level that I've always remembered with Chuck. Um, so it's just, it's an incredible thing, for real. Um, and then just to watch that, it was just all the feels. All the feels, guys, I'm telling you. Believe the Lie next, and I know I brought this up already this year here on the show, but they have been doing Believe the Lie proper this year. And again, I'm going to bring up the Buffalo show because that one was pretty ridiculous. I just, oh, I can't wait to get into that evening. I'm very, very excited to get into that show. Um, so good. So good. Anyway, always been a fan of Believe the Lie anyway, but for it to kind of be getting this extra appreciation lately is really, really nice. 
Encore for the evening, a cover of Metallica's Enter Sandman with Chris and Jim on vocals, Vinny on drums, Chuck on guitar. Enter Sandman can be found on Metallica's 1981 self-titled album. And there's a photo that someone got of Chris embracing his inner James Hetfield. The photographer's name... It's escaping me now. Ryan West, maybe it was. I saw it while scrolling on Instagram after the run, but so perfect. Like, I can see it in my mind right now. I'm Honestly, I think I even want a copy of that for my new place because it's just the look in his face and his eyes and his stance and the whole thing. So good. So, so good. And Jim and Chris on vocals was a very good choice. And I might catch some some flack for this, but I don't know if I've said this before, but I'm not a Metallica fan. I don't even like it when Metallica Metallica's, but when Umphrey's Metallica's, I can get behind it. So they always do this so good. Whenever they have covered Metallica in any capacity that they have, um... They always kill it. They do so good. And Chris vocally is so good. And I want to try to find that picture again and share it in my stories or something um, because it was so good. Look him up. Ryan West, I'm pretty sure, is the photographer um, who took that picture. But it was just ridiculous. Um, And Cemetery Walk 2 would follow, allowing us one more chance to dance it out and wander off before completely bringing night two on the rocks to a close. All right, so that is everything I have for this week of the show. Thank you again, everybody, for being patient with me as I kind of navigate this next chapter of my life with my kids and being out on my own and kind of figuring it out with what's next with the content and kind of juggling all the stuff and everything. So thank you. I'm, I'm sure you, you listening are probably like, okay, not, not a big deal. But you know, for me from this side, it it's all seems really chaotic right now and trying to enjoy summer, of course, too, with the kids and stuff. It's back to school in about a month here. So uh, August is going to be fun. We've got a lot of really fun stuff planned and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So There are a bunch of links in the show notes for the set list for the shows that we talked about in this episode, as well as where you can listen and watch. Also in the show notes, anything else I may have mentioned throughout this episode, as well as where you can check out the Patreon exclusive series we've come so far and get a sneak peek at the merch coming soon. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you around these parts in two weeks. I'm taking my kids to a water park and it's my birthday coming up. So we are going on vacation. So I will see you around these parts in two weeks. Get into those shows in the summer. So excited. I will see you then. Mad love.